Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. What do you actually want? And that's one of the hardest things for us to figure out. That's one of the hardest things for us to identify is what do we really actually want? What are the goals? Because if you tell me the goals, if you tell me what you really want, then we can start to come up with a plan uh, to, to help get you there and get you there in the most efficient and effective manner. But what most people have is they say or they think that they want this freedom and this lifestyle and they want to make a million bucks and they want this and that and the other. But they've got this business over here that is totally not aligned with helping them get any of those. The, their business is uh, a job that they created for themselves. They're a self-employed uh, job. Their business is not scalable. Their business is built around them that is, by fact, like not designed to give them freedom, right? So we got to first understand the vision. Then we can come up and start to answer the questions around, hey, is the strategy that you have, is it actually good? What is your business model? And how can we make it simpler? How can we make it uh, more effective? How can we make it a very direct path to getting what you really want? Because if you do it right, your business is a tool to really drive your dream life. That's what it is. And we get lost in the fact of uh, using the business as a tool and we just get in the day to day. And then next thing you know, we have way less freedom, way less actual money in our pocket uh, and way less time than we otherwise would if we just had a corporate job. So it totally like defeats the entire purpose. And we add more stress on top of it, right? I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this, you're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Austin, welcome to The Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. I am pumped to be here. Let's have some great conversation and uh, hopefully get some good insight. Yeah, well, it is my pleasure to have you here. Um, I found out about your work because uh, somebody uh, on your team wrote in uh, and told me a little bit about what you do in terms of uh, helping people 2x the results in 90 days, which I thought, okay, you know what? That's something that I want to know about, something that I'm very curious about. And I'm sure many of our listeners, given that it's the beginning of the year, uh, are wondering about. But uh, before we get into all of that, uh, given the nature of what you do, I thought we'd start by asking, what did your parents do for a living and what impact did that end up having on the choices that you've made with your life and your career? Yeah. So I'll start with my dad. Uh, he was a engineer. He worked in the corporate world and my whole family and our whole friend group and everybody, everybody was in some way, shape or form in the corporate world. So that was the only thing I knew. Uh, I'm sure somewhere in you know teachers or whatnot outside the corporate world, but 99.9% we're in the corporate world. So that was the path that I wanted to take because again, it's all I knew. 
Uh, my dad was an engineer and I was good at math and science. So that's eventually the path that I went down. Um, but before I talk about that, my mom was a assistant. So she worked at a big corporation and she was the admin for um, a president of, of the company and did a really good job. And she's always been kind of the glue, just like an admin is like really the glue and like the manager of you know the, their boss or whatever. She's really the manager of our entire family. So I've learned so much from her on how to juggle different pieces and how to stay organized and how to communicate and how to be that centerpiece. So really learned so much from my mom, but I was much more like my dad. And again, with the math and science background, I love the technical stuff. You take the, uh, uh, the, the, the tests in high school and they say, all right, you fit into like one of these five buckets. Like you, Austin, you should be an engineer. And I was like, all right, well, that, that sounds good. And then, you know, I convinced myself that uh, I was going to put together this plan of like how to achieve what I really wanted. What I wanted was to be a CEO for a large company. So I put together this plan, 18 years old. I had thought I had it all figured out that I, uh, was going to get my engineering degree. So I went to, to college to get my mechanical engineering degree. I was going to go work for a company and get some sales experience. So that was going to be my second piece. And then after two years, I was going to go back and get an MBA from a top school. And those three things were going to be like my trifecta along with like performing in the corporate world. That was going to take me up you know, the C-suite pretty quickly. So start down that path. And long story short, I start to learn about this thing called entrepreneurship and I changed my path and I learned that there's a better and more exciting and more fun and more limitless opportunity to be my own boss. Uh, and that eventually led me to make some big changes, but totally used my parents' guidance uh, indirectly. Uh, they didn't really get, you know, force me into to, to, to college or anything to take that first step. And that gave the, me, me the foundation to you know, really start to build something that I really wanted to build and start from scratch, which was uh, a much better journey for me. Yeah, you know, it, I think the the thing that struck me most about what you said was that when it came to the corporate world, that was all you knew. And I wonder how somebody overcomes uh, a narrative uh, and a set of social programs and a, a system where that's all they know. Yeah, a lot of work. Uh, I wish it was. A much simpler answer, but it's it's a lot of work because we get our minds so programmed through society, through the way that we grow up, through our family, through our education, that if we've got to reverse our mind, uh, that takes literally years uh, to do potentially. And yes, and maybe it's months if you if you're really strategic about it, but uh, it's not necessarily just in an instant. So what um, I did is I started my first business while on the side. Uh, and that's a great thing to do because it was low risk and, you know, I could learn and I could fail and I could figure this thing out. But I started my first business on the side and I eventually started making more money on the side than I did in my full-time job. And I was making six figures in my job. Like I was really fortunate and like just, you know, doing really well there, but I was making a lot of money on the side and working less. Um, but even so, I didn't have the confidence and the internal belief that like I could do this thing. And here I was, I was already doing it. I just didn't have the belief. And it took me two years from making money on the side until I actually left that safe and secure job because I had so much of a mindset thing to get through. Um, so the way that I uh, did that is, number one, I started learning more about systems, and which is like the center of 2X and what we do now is helping people more so systemize their business and get out of the day-to-day. -day. So I learned more about systems so I could actually leverage myself and just getting confidence on the repeatability and consistency there. 
um, I started to join online masterminds and just be around other people and seeing other people go through the same stuff as I did. Having people there to be able to answer my questions totally like transformed my mindset and had me had much more confidence that like, Hey, there's other people out there doing this. Like I'm not alone. I, I've got the, I've got Mike and Susie and uh, Amber that I can go to, you know, just having that, that network was huge. And then the third was really just taking control of my mindset. First and foremost, I created a vision board and this is kind of a woo woo thing, but really has had a big impact on me. But every single day, starting with my vision and where I'm going and what I'm trying to create, uh, reading every day and doing different things to really kind of transform my mind one piece at a time within a couple years of this constant um, focus on developing my mindset and getting rid of the middle class mindset. Um, within two years, I could go from you know not being confident and saying that I had a total middle class mindset and a total corporate mindset to being the exact opposite and being completely free. And then finally, after that two years, again, I, I left the corporate job and I just basically took a little mini retirement. I went from always having my head down, overworking to doing nothing. And I traveled around the world and I spent 18 months um, really just enjoying life and having something that is an absolutely priceless feeling of freedom. Uh, but that didn't come until I really transformed the mindset using those couple strategies. Mm, wow. Uh, you know, I think it's interesting that you mentioned that you had this plan uh, to go to school, to go work, to get an MBA, you know, and really this was the trifecta that was going to land you in the C-suite. I, I can't help it but think that there are a thousand 18 year olds who have that exact plan. I know because I had it uh, when I was 18 and I had it when I was 22. And, and I think the thing that I realized is that your life just doesn't go according to plan. And I wonder what advice you would give to two people, your younger self at that age, based on your current experience and people who are currently in that position, whether they're about to graduate from college or about to graduate from high school. Yeah. Um, I think it is actually good to have a plan, even if that plan is bad, because what a lot of people will have uh, is no plan at all. And they'll just be kind of going through the motions. And that's, that's actually way, way, way worse. So even though I was my, my ship was pointed in a little bit different direction, I had a strategy. And that strategy was allowing me to, at least in that time of my life, being able to get some good results and be able to stand out. So regardless Point number one, have a strategy. Where are you headed? And that's one of the first things that we work with entrepreneurs. We, we work with successful people. Like these are six-figure businesses, seven-figure businesses, even eight-figure businesses. And the first question that we ask them is, what do you want? Like, where are you headed? And again, that may change over time and it will change over time, but we've got to have a, a, a plan first so that we have some type of North Star that we know that we can get to and that, that we can aim towards. So start with the plan. Um, but the second thing that I would say is, Go and find people that you're jealous of. Find people that you want to be. Because if I had gone and looked at the lives uh, and really analyzed the lives of the path that I was heading towards, uh, the C-suite, uh, and really understood that and got to ask them some questions, I probably would have got to my answer way sooner uh, that that wasn't the path for me. Uh, so find people that you're jealous of. Find where you want to be and who you want to be. Um, and then reverse engineer that. So I think that would help make the path to success much, much easier and quicker. 
Well, I think it's interesting that you brought up find people that you're you're jealous of. Uh, it, you know, we live in a world where you have constant comparison capabilities mm. because of social media. So that mm. uh, I want to come back to that. But I also think that the interesting thing is that you basically said, you know, if you find people who are jealous of, you may get to see the reality of their lives, and maybe it's not what you thought it was. Yeah. Um, so how do you you balance that sort of idea of finding people that you're jealous of without letting it turn into envy that becomes yeah. debilitating? Because that's really easy in the world that we live in what a huge topic um when i say find people that you're jealous of i'm like you've got to take out the online image of people you've got to look at people and know them in person know them in the flesh know what's actually happening because you're exactly right the social media world and the online world you can just put up a total fake uh, uh presence and like the people that look happy and look like they're wealthy like there's like a 30% chance that they're actually one of those two things, you know, uh, and that's probably an overstatement. So, um, I would say like, at, like have conversations with people, see them in their day to day and really understand them and take out the public, uh, image of them. Um, because it's, it's such a big thing is the comparison game for sure. Um, and the thing that I want you to think about is if there is somebody that you follow online or a podcast that you listen to or whatever, and what I want you to think about is like, why are you jealous of them? And keep asking yourself why. Well, you know, you're interested in this person because like they have the freedom to like travel around. Okay, so you, you want to have the freedom to travel. It's not like that you want to, you know, do this online marketing thing like this one person does or, you know, this, this MLM or whatever. The details aren't as important as like understanding from a fundamental level what you really want. And those are usually feelings, not things. Mm -hmm. Um and I did a, I had a book a couple of years ago. Um, and what I did is I interviewed a bunch of people and found the common like pillars uh, for success. And the first thing that I asked is like, what is true wealth to you? And these were all wealthy people. And the things that came up were not things. Uh, money came up as like the point number four or five. But really what people wanted at the end of the day was the freedom, freedom to choose, freedom to do what you want. So what you've got to understand again is like what that success is for you. What is wealth? for you um, and then reverse engineer that because if you look at social media you're going to get one answer but if you get the like the real conversations real behind the scenes and i know I, i've actually built up some of these uh, social media influencers before and what goes on in the public and the reason why i'm not doing it now is because what's going on in in the uh, public facing image and like reality is not the same thing yeah. and that doesn't sit right with me um, so those are a couple things. Talk with people, ask them, and also find people off of, uh, offline. Thank you. I, I, I really appreciate that answer uh, more than you can possibly imagine uh, because I think it makes you really see that public perception is an illusion. Yeah. Uh, you know, the other thing that, that I wonder um, – when you talked about changing your mindset, uh, you made it sound like it was all smooth sailing, which I don't anticipate, imagine that it was. What are the challenges that occurred along the way and how did you overcome them? Yeah. Um, when I started my first business, again, I was building it on the side, but I had no idea what I was doing. From I was trying to figure out all of it by myself. Uh, I didn't know anything about you know the things related to business that I know now. And I was just muscling just grinding, just, I thought more hours, uh, more things to do. I was you know, following a couple people, got new ideas. All these things are what so many uh, of us think that is like the path to success that like, we're just missing this one thing or that we just need to do more. 
And all those things were exactly wrong. Uh, I went and I burned out myself so bad that uh, I had to call 911. I couldn't breathe and I couldn't sleep. Like every time I would like drift off to sleep, I would gasp up for air and just like, just basically feel like I was suffocating. Uh, those are two pretty important things, like breathing and sleeping, right? So, and this didn't happen once. This happened twice, uh, where I had to call nine one one, and just embarrassed as can be in my mid twenties. You know, I was running uh, marathons and doing do triathlons. I was out of college football, so I've always been in shape. And I'd go to the doctor, and they'd be like, "Oh, you're you're, you're super healthy," but internally, I was not care- taking care of my stress. Uh, I was not eating uh, the diet in the way that uh, I should have. Um, and I was not building the business in actual strategic way. I was just trying to purely muscle it. Uh, and that was my first main failure is like just really not taking care of my health and all that really built up, uh, to where I was just having anxiety attacks and again, had to call 911. So finally, after the second time that that happened, that was like a real big wake up call that, Hey, there has to be a better way. There has to be a smarter way. And I see people that are doing really well, as we talked about now, a lot of, you know, that may have been false or whatever, but I knew there had to be a way. Um, and I went back to the drawing board to really understand from a foundational level, taking out all the emotions, taking out all the tactics, taking out all the new stuff, what really matters. Because what I learned, was like what mattered a hundred years ago in business, what mattered 50 years ago is the same stuff that matters today. And really there's a few fundamental pieces of really, uh, creating a successful business and a big impact. And that's what I needed to figure out. And that's what I went on a journey to figure out. So that you know, all of my businesses in the future and the businesses that I work with uh, could have much better success. So that really ignited you know my journey, and then since then I've had uh, uh, now four other businesses, or I'm on my fourth other business, and uh, this is the one that I really kind of created from scratch. That instead of you know having a new business every two years and having it be a stepping stone, this is the one that I really built around. So it feels good to get to this point, but I needed those stepping stones and those experiences uh, to get to this point and to have that clarity. Yeah. So we'll come back to all these foundation elements, but I, I didn't want to let uh, what you said go. You mentioned that you played college football. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you learn uh, from playing college football that you have applied uh, in your life and in your businesses? Uh, I went to college, uh, I say, to get my football degree, and then secondarily <laughs> was my engineering and uh, uh, business degrees uh, because, like, I learned way more from football than I did from the class. And the class is like, even though I, I give it a hard time and I never used my engineering degree at all, uh, it did give me the foundation for a lot of what we create now. So I, I can't, you know, understate that. Um, but from a football standpoint, being able to communicate. Uh, seeing how to bring people from so many different backgrounds together for one cohesive goal as a unit, um, being able to handle the ups and downs because one play may go horribly, but what you got to do is like erase that and get ready for the next one. And you've got very short period of time to do that. Um, work ethic, uh, consistency, preparation and practice. Like we practice 10 months out of the year for essentially two or three months, you know, for, of games, uh, and just putting in that preparation, uh, putting in the work. Um, and again, the communication piece, those is, those are, are really some of the, the big ones, but also just being able to go through the ups and the downs, uh, and be able to lead other people through those times, you mature so much and you really get ready. So, uh, when I was even in the corporate world, I was, I was kind of leading some hiring at some points. Uh, and now obviously with my own businesses, um, leading hiring, I'm oftentimes looking for people that have that type of experience because having some athletic background, 
really does set you up for some great life experiences down the line. Yeah. yeah it's it's interesting because I've had a few college athletes here and I think the thing that always strikes me is, is you know how much real work goes into this that people don't see because I yeah. think the perception is it's oh you're you know Jason Street on Friday night lights with girls chasing you and you know the star right. of the town but then you you talk to people I remember talking to a friend who was a college football player at Cal and yeah, I mean when he told me the practice schedules and the study schedules I was like wow I was like you guys are a thousand times more disciplined than I was yeah uh, mm-hmm. Well, let's do this. Uh, well, let's well, let your, me touch on that so, real quick. Please. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we would have workouts at 5 a.m. <laughs> and I, I went to you know school in Ohio, which in the winter, which you know, winter half done. Um, it was it was kind of it kind of sucked. <laughs> it was cold, uh, but we got up and we did it, and we transformed our mindset to you know not have uh, not be a victim of that, but like. Um, enjoy that and look forward to that and lead the way for other people doing the same uh and that work ethic and everything like it just really like you said like it's 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 almost you know a 30 or 40 hour a week thing on top of a full-time schedule on top of you know you're not going to not have a personal life either in college at least most of us aren't um that it's a lot to manage so yeah definitely going through that like really prepared me to be super efficient and productive in the best way that i could yeah. Well, speaking of efficient and productive, uh, let's shift gears and start talking about the foundational elements that lead to this whole idea of 2x uh, in 90 days. I think there was something that really struck me on the website where you said, you know, 10x is a way of thinking, 2x is a way of doing. Uh, but the way I want to get there uh, is probably a bit unusual. You mentioned that you were a mechanical engineer, and I wonder how the lessons from mechanical engineering have applied in the way that you build systems and how we can apply all of this to our lives. Absolutely. Work. So what I learned in engineering school is how to solve problems. Um, like at the, at the root of it, like that's what we're trying to do is understand, okay, what's the problem and how do we solve it? Sure, you would use some math and science uh, and different strategies to uh, understand the answer. But really what we're trying to do is figure out a very systematic way to solve problems. And in business, guess what? That's what we're doing. Um, but, uh, engineering, uh, has been really a strong foundation, especially because my first business was day trading. So I got heavy into day trading and then I created my own algorithm and I automated that and built that up. So I did have some, you know, tech and numbers background that was very applicable from the engineering side there. But now with two X from a system standpoint, I mean, what we really try to do is to turn a small business into a machine. And mechanical engineering, like that's what we do is we deal with machines. So looking at things in a very systematic way, a flow way, a very practical way, understanding the numbers, like all these things from engineering are wildly applicable to what we're doing at 2X. So that's really in essence what we try to do is to figure out how we can turn uh, somebody's business into a machine and a machine that's scalable, a machine that's not built around them so they can actually have more freedom and more time, uh, basically getting out of the day to day. Um, and just being able to to have the numbers support that. So uh, one thing that we were going to talk about is, is the foundational elements. Um, and a couple of those are like, first and foremost, making sure that we've got a good business model. All right. Because if you really break down the business model uh, that somebody's, you know, what their business really is, what we've seen or what we're, we're seeing is that A, it's not really scalable because it's so much built around them. Um, and B, like they say they want to make a million bucks, but like realistically, like it's pretty capped at, you know, 300 K per year or whatever it is. Um, so we've just really got to start with the strategy and the model first and foremost, make sure that it makes sense on paper. Some of the other ones are things that are quote unquote boring. 
um, but really matter, such as execution. Like if you can't execute, you can come up with all great ideas. You can have amazing opportunities. You can have you know all the leads in the world, but if you can't execute day in and day out, you're not going to um, you know be successful as an entrepreneur. Uh, mm-hmm. Even people like Mark Cuban and just so successful person after successful person will say that execution is everything in business. But everybody's focused on how do I get more leads? How do I market better? Uh, and, and things that are, you know, at, that we call at the top of the pyramid, whereas we're focused on the foundational stuff, the stuff that really matters at the base that if you can do this well, the sales and marketing and the sexy stuff becomes easy. Um, so your um, business model, your execution, uh, knowing the numbers in your business, it's mind blowing how few numbers entrepreneurs actually know. But if you know the numbers in your business really well, you're able to identify where the problems are, where the challenges are. And you're able to make better decisions. You're able to make quicker decisions. You're able to make better investments into your, your uh, business. Um, and this doesn't happen overnight. But if you can start to see your business in the form of numbers, um, then again, you're going to just make your life as an entrepreneur so much easier. And then we're also talking about things such as systems uh, mm-hmm. and team members. And again, all these things, these, these five or six things that I just mentioned, they're not really that exciting. Uh, maybe the model and strategy is, but everything else is like pretty boring. Like talking about systems, talking about hiring, talking about you know the numbers of your business, the KPIs, the financials, and the cash flow. Like a lot of these things are, are kind of painful for entrepreneurs to go through. But if we can get these right, have a good strategy in place, know that we can execute well, remove the entrepreneur from the day to day with the proper systems and team, and be able to make good decisions based on the numbers. Holy cow, we're talking about a really scalable, ultra successful, profitable business, right? And we haven't even talked about the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about the whole business model idea. I mean, this is something that I've had to think a lot about in the process of building Unmistakable Creative. It's kind of like, oh, is the business model that we sell ads on the podcast? Is it me as a speaker? Is it content? Is it courses? Uh, and it's been a bit of everything, uh, you know, at moments, which is I think part of the reason you know we haven't grown as fast as we could. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, being willing to walk away from certain things also is one of those things that I've had to think about. Uh, so where do people go wrong in the business model idea? I mean, is it the fact that they're just doing too many things it's not clear that hey this is how we make money boom entrepreneurship is tough right like uh, there's, there's probably no business person out there that would say that it's necessarily easy but it can be pretty simple uh and entrepreneurs do not on the uh you know in the majority uh make it simple so the first thing that we've got to do is simplify um but even before that actually we've got to understand what the goal is because what a lot of people will say is like, yeah, you can do all these ideas, but they're just throwing ideas at you. If they don't know where you want to go, then like, who knows if those ideas are, are good or not. So the first thing that we do with clients is get really deep to understand what do you actually want? And that's one of the hardest things for us to figure out. That's yeah. one of the hardest things for us to identify is what do we really actually want? What are the goals? Because if you tell me the goals, if you tell me what you really want, then we can start to come up with a plan in, uh, uh, to, to help get you there and get you there in the most efficient and effective manner. But what most people have is they say or they think that they want this freedom and this lifestyle and they want to make a million bucks and they want this and that and the other. But they've got this business over here that is totally not aligned with helping them get any of those. The, their business is uh, a job that they created for themselves. They're a self-employed uh, job. Their business is not scalable. Their business is built around them that is, by fact, like not designed to give them freedom, right? So we've got to first understand the vision. Then we can come up and start to answer the questions around, hey, is the strategy that you have, is it actually good? What is your business model? And how can we make it simpler? How can we make it uh, more effective? How can we make it a very direct path to getting what you really want? Because if you do it right, your business is a tool to really drive your dream life. That's what it is. And we get lost in the fact of uh, using the business as a tool and we just get in the day to day. And then next thing you know, we have way less freedom, way less actual money in our pocket. 
uh, in way less time than we otherwise would if we just had a corporate job. So mm-hmm. it totally like defeats the entire purpose. I and mean, we add more stress on top of it, right? So um, again, we're going to go back to what do we want and then come up with a good intentional strategy. And now I've worked with hundreds of entrepreneurs across totally different businesses. And literally, there's one that comes to mind where we really didn't tweak their business model. So that means like 99.9% of the time, we are tweaking and adjusting their business model and their strategy to be much more effective, much simpler, much more focused, and much more uh, quick to get what they really want out of their business. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, I, I thought I love the idea of business as a tool to design your dream life because, you know, we had this guy, Ryder Carroll here who wrote a book called The Bullet Journal. And he said, you know, you, you know, people say, okay, a million dollars. He said, well, that's an empty goal because if you don't know why you want it, he said, that's a big problem. And he said, so often our goals are based on, they're inherited from the world around us instead of based on our lived experience. Yep. Um, Let's talk about numbers and then let's, uh, you know, talk briefly about systems design. So what are the, the, if you were to tell somebody, because I mean, there's so many damn metrics that you can track today, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, from ev- everything from your fan and follower accounts to the size of your email list to the traffic to your website. But I mean, it seems to me like the only really numbers worth measuring in any business are money in the bank and money going out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's potentially a lot of numbers, uh, but what most people are tracking are two things. They're either A, tracking lagging indicators, which are basically results. These are things such as profit and uh, uh, revenue, which everybody's tracking revenue. Um, And... Or they're tracking vanity metrics. And these are things such as, like you said, like number of followers or even a cost per lead. Like that's, in my opinion, vanity metric. What I'm much more interested in is things such as like, how much does it cost to acquire a customer? Or lifetime value. Like what's a customer actually worth? Or um, how many uh, qualified applications did we get this week? You know, these types of numbers are much more important than just understanding some vanity metrics because there's not necessarily... Uh, like let's say that you know you're tracking uh, how many Facebook followers that you have on your business page. Um, you could do some different things to grow that that has no impact on what you really want, which is more money, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got to figure out what numbers actually matter in like indicating how we're going to get those results that we're really after and focus on those. Like I said, for us, it's things such as qualified applications per week. It's yep. things such as uh, pipeline dollar value, which is basically uh, a summation of all the people that are in our um, uh, sales pipeline. Uh, we do high ticket sales. Um, but um, uh, these types of numbers, again, ones that we're confident that we can focus on, improve and tweak that are actually going to give us the results that we want, not some vanity metrics and not the lagging indicators. Well, you know, I appreciate that you brought up the the lagging indicators because, uh, you know, I remember that terminology from the four disciplines of execution, which it's is a great book. Cal, Cal Newport refer, uh, referred and he said, you know, he said, your lead measure is the amount of time you spend doing deep work. Yeah. Uh, and, and for me, you know, as a writer, I'm like, okay, the, the most valuable thing I do every day is spend time writing. And even, you know, when it came to a book launch, uh, I said, you know, the only metric that actually matters here is email subscribers. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that is the number one driver of book sales. So yep. why would we focus on anything else? And, uh, you know, that was one of those things. And I am glad we did because that has continued to pay off That's great. Uh, endlessly. And so that, that's one thing that, to, you know, when it comes to, I, I think that, you know, people get obsessed. And, and the funny thing is that this lead measure idea, and I'm sure you can attest to this as an athlete, this is something that applies not just to your business, but to virtually every area of your life. Oh, gosh, yeah. 
You know, like I always tell people, it's like, oh, you want to, you know, uh, have a more successful blog, just write more because that's the thing you can, your lead measures are the things that you control. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just like one tiny example of that is like, all right, today I want to have a great day. What's a leading measure that I could do? Well, if I do my morning routine, I'm going to set myself up and have a pretty good confident that I'm going to have a great day compared to if I didn't, you know? So very simple things like that is like, what can you control? What can you do on the front that's going to give you the result that you really want and break that down in a very uh, simple way? It's not that complex once you really understand it. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a lot to take in all at one time, but definitely very simple process. And as you've just talked about, really, really impactful if you do it. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, that that book is, you know, one of the, the sort of Bibles that I return to regularly. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about systems. Uh, I happen to know for a fact, just based on my experiences, that systems are pretty much what lead to all of my creative output. I have a system for writing books. I have a system for my writing in general. Uh, you know, I have a system that pretty much is what drives all of my content production. How do you go about designing systems uh, for running a business, for running your personal life, et cetera? Yep. Um, the thing is... You're already doing, and everybody's already doing pretty much all of the things that uh, you have to do. Uh, we just have to think about as we're doing them, how can we turn this into a system? And a system is something that is, for instance, a template, or it's a process, uh, or it's a um, um, some automation, or a different way that we can do things more repeatably, uh, easier, quicker. And also be able to hand them off to somebody else. So you can systemize pretty much every area, uh, almost, of your life and of your business. So like I said, the key uh, uh, thing with that is you're already doing all the work. Now we just got to be intentional and turn it into a system. So you with your books or you with the podcast or you with anything else, uh, you're constantly thinking about, hey, how can I turn this into a system so that it's as easy as possible and then it's as effective as possible. And that's great because that allows you to get just so much more done uh, without the stress and overwhelm. Um, so where to start is to just take inventory of like where your time's going right now. And then like literally half of what's on our plate, we can cut off in some way, shape or form, or we can improve the efficiencies up uh, if we just put a little bit of thought around it. So take inventory of your time and where that's going and identify, okay, what are a couple of things that either A, we can just cut out completely or B, that we need to either delegate and or systemize so that it can be better done or done by somebody else. And just taking that inventory first and foremost, and then we can talk about the specifics of creating a system for that thing. But again, we've got to take inventory first uh, and just start taking these these lower level things or the things that you don't want to do off your plate one by one. Uh, and over time, after you know, literally a couple of weeks of you know creating one system per day, you're in a completely different situation than you were even a couple of weeks before. So they stack up really, really nicely, but just being intentional about what things to get off your plate. Because like I said, at least 50% of what we're all spending our time on, even I, if somebody analyzed 50% of my time, they could probably find that I could cut out um, uh, half of those things, which is a lot of time and a lot of stress and a lot of energy. Um, So if we can really make our lives easier by cutting stuff out and systemizing and getting stuff off our plate, uh, again, we're going to be in a completely different spot. What are the things that you find uh, with your clients that people are spending time on that have literally no impact on their business at all? Email management, social media posting. Um, <laughs> I kind of had a feeling that's where we're headed with this. Yeah, that's why uh, I asked. Yeah, I, I have... Uh, Basically, I'm not you know much on social media at all. But if you look at our social media, it's 
like it seems like we're there um, yeah. because we've got the, the proper systems and, and people uh, handling that. Um, but th- those are two pretty good time sucks. Um, and the, where their time is not going uh, is on things that are actually going to grow the company as well as things that are going to set them up six months from now. So that's what we try to have people think about is like, all right, six months from now, what things do you need to put in place like this week that are going to help set you up? So maybe that's like a marketing initiative. Maybe that's some systems that are going to remove your time. Maybe that's a hiring uh, uh, for a role that you need to hire for. So thinking six months from now and getting out of the day-to-day and the week-to-week and the paycheck-to-paycheck kind of thing, even as an entrepreneur, uh, is a really important uh, mindset shift for you to see like what actually matters. So not only things such as email and um, uh, social media and some you know lower level things that just like really aren't income producing, uh, mm-hmm. but also whatever the work is or the technician work. So for instance, if it's a Facebook ads agency, um, they're spending a lot of their time with the Facebook ads or client management and things that you know a multi seven figure CEO just probably wouldn't be doing. Um, so the technician work is where I would say on average the clients that we start working with are spending about eighty percent of their time on. Uh, whereas that time should be much more creative work potentially, or much more strategic or partnerships uh, yeah. or even sales sometimes, um, and different things that are, again, going to have a much bigger impact. So, yeah. Well, it's funny because I think that when you start thinking about sort of what's actually essential, you kind of start to see your, your life. And I realized, I was like, oh, I do three things that actually generate value, write, produce the podcast and speak. Yep. Like literally everything else that I do is kind of, you know, not really necessary. Yep. So there are two things that uh, you said on the website that I thought were interesting. One was you talked about the idea of, you know, 2x is a way of doing 10x is a way of thinking. And I was wondering if you could expand on that. The other was that whole 90 day time frame. And I wonder why you work on a 90 day time frame. I, you know, I think I know the answer, but I I think people would want to know. Great. Um, 10x is a pretty popular term right now. And I love Grant Cardone. He's he's great for for motivation. The guy just crushes it and he's a one of a kind and he's uh, got so many positive things. Um, but what so many people are thinking about is like this hockey stick growth. And they're thinking about this overnight sensation. And they're seeing these fake examples on social media and being like, oh, I want that. And, and usually thinking that it's some like small tweak that costs them, you know, a couple thousand bucks or less, you know, and like magically, you know, this, 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 their, their entire life has changed. Um, and that's not the case. And what we commit to at 2X and what we like really transform everybody's mindset to with our program is like the compound effect is if you just show up and you get one important thing done today on your business, one important thing, one important thing is on average, one more important thing than everybody else is getting done in their business. They're just stuck, like just, just grinding. And they look at the end of the day, they're like, I don't know what happened today. Uh, if that is you, then that means you're probably just a little bit reactive. It means that you're probably not very intentional about your day. So we really like to just get one important thing done at a time, stack these on top of each other. And again, make sure that they're their systems and kind of long-term focus that these things really build up over time. So that's what we're doing is building the compound effect and not some hockey stick growth. Or in fact, the hockey stick growth comes from the compound effect. Like there's a quote about, you know, an overnight success is like 10 years in the making or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, so we're, we're taking the small steps. So instead of thinking and dreaming and looking for these uh, magic pills, what we're committing to is the process. And we're just, again, doing these small steps that are all very reasonable, very achievable, 
and very much going to lead to the result that we want with much more expectation, much more control, and much more likelihood. Um, so, um, you know, that's what we're trying to do is, again, commit to the process, put the important things done that one by one we're committing to the process. Because if you commit to the process of success and improvement, uh, instead of this overnight sensation, then you're just going to be making way better decisions and take off the stress and also just increase your likelihood of success by thousands of percent. Um, so that's kind of a uh, 2x. So while everybody's out there thinking, you know, and dreaming of 10x and like these, these, this exponential growth overnight, uh, again, we're over here getting our average client is more than doubling their business. We've helped clients in the past 12 months alone generate over $60 million in sales uh, while in our program, let alone that doesn't even count what happens after our program. How? By focusing on the foundational stuff, the boring stuff that I talked about earlier, as well as this mindset shift of committing to the process, getting important things done, getting them to completion, making sure that their system's focused, and having these things stack on top of each other, one by one, one by one. Whereas we look at things at the end of 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, and we're like, holy cow, I don't know how I ran a business 90 days ago. Um, um, just, you know, in the way that, that most people do. So that's what we do. And again, committing to the process there, 90 days, 90 days is shown in studies that like, that's basically the longest that we as humans can focus. Uh, and it's long enough that we can make some monumental shifts in people's mindset as well as in their business. Uh, and it's long enough for us to be confident in doubling a lot of these businesses. Um, if we go six months, that's a little bit too big of a commitment, you know, from, from their end, from our end, potentially. Um, if we go shorter than 90 days, then we're not able to quite get the traction. Uh, the way that we look at it is month one is really about like the cleanup and strategy and we call it the foundation. Uh, month two is about igniting momentum. And like by here, you know, we've got like just a much better strategy. We've got much more clarity. We've got, you know, the model in place and, and some of the key systems in place. And now we're ready to start igniting momentum. And then month three, is where we can really start to scale. And we need each one of those three months uh, to really start to have the traction. Sure, some people you know, make a ton of money in the first two weeks with a couple small tweaks. Uh, some people have a longer sales cycle and it takes them four to six months to really get like big, big, big results. Um, but really, 90 days is such a good time. Um, it's a sprint. Um, so we, we push people, we challenge them. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of people do renew, but like it's a good start and end so that people after that time can take a, a deep breath and then go back to, uh, you know, what they have to do to get to the next level. So those are a couple of reasons why it's 90 days. Yeah. Do you find that, uh, yeah, there are clients of yours that don't get results and what separates them from the ones who do? Um, the ones that don't get results are either two things. Number one is they're like just starting their business and they don't have any like product market fit. They don't have any like uh, uh, clarity on who their audience is. And we just have to go through like 30 to 45 days of validation that just takes too long. And sure, like we build the business in the same way that we teach, like I built 2X like from the ground up in the same way that we teach people how to scale their businesses. Um, but it just takes a little bit longer sometimes. Uh, and we only have like we do one hour uh, call per week. Uh, and sure, we give them, you know, templates and everything to make it really, really easy. But it just takes a little bit longer that that's not the audience that, that we're ideally working with, because we want the quickest ROI and the best long term ROI and the ones that are already six or seven figures, again, our sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's number one. Uh, number two is like very simply those that just don't take action. Like yeah. if like we're, we're, we're like people don't have more time, so we're not trying to give people fifteen tasks in a week. Like they don't have room for that. So the first thing that we do is we cut out tasks 
create some time and then we give like, hey, do this one task or do these three things and like keep it really simple. Uh, And if people can't do those, then like they're just like literally not going to have the results, right? And um, if they just do those things, like we can see the puzzle since we've worked with so many uh, people now in the way that they can't. But if people trust in the process, and we have an 83% success rate, like this is like crazy high compared to the market that I came from where a digital product is like a 5 to 15% success rate, right? Mm-hmm. So, and if we cut out the people that, which we do now, we don't let anybody into the program that's uh, under 8K per month. But uh, if we cut those people out, it would be well over 90%. Um, and there's a couple people that just frankly haven't taken action. But yeah. um, it's a really high success rate if we can do those things because if you're at six or seven figures, like you're only a couple tweaks away from being in a completely different spot. And it usually goes down to the foundational things that we're talking about. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, this has been really, really, uh, opening and insightful as, as I kind of expected it would be. And, uh, I, I think that, you know, it seems to me that a lot of what you're talking about can apply regardless of where we're at. So I want to finish with, uh, one final question, which is how we finish all of our interviews at the unmistakable creative. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? Unmistakable is uh, really being, in my eyes, confident with who you are. And it took me a long time to understand who the heck is Austin Netsley. What am I? What do I stand for? And who am, am I? Being confident in that and owning your differentiation and owning you know, what you're born with, but also creating that person that you want to become. Um, and having that real understanding, like literally 12 months ago, I had, you know, uh, uh, I did a retreat with my friends and like, that was the first time that I was like fully grounded on and like appreciative of who I am. And I was unmistakable when I was officially Austin as who's different uh, from you and different from everybody else. And everybody should own that and feel that. And I hope that they do. So that's uh, what I would say is unmistakable. Amazing. Well, uh, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us and share your story and your insights with our listeners. Where can people find out more about you and everything else that you're up to? Yeah, you can find me on Facebook. Just search Austin Netsley. You'll see a lot of what we do there with 2X. Uh, we give a ton of free value since we are a high ticket program. Uh, we, we give just a ton of value, a ton of content out there for free because content doesn't matter. Ideas don't matter. That's about implementation and execution. Uh, so definitely take advantage of our free stuff and uh, just reach out to me there. Uh, also, you can visit scale2x.com. That's scale, uh, the number two, the letter x.com. Uh, you can see a lot of what we're up to there and how we can help you scale to the next level. So we'd love to hear from you. Always love to chat with people uh, and see how we can help support. But yeah, hope this was valuable for everybody. Great. Awesome. Uh, and for everybody listening, we will wrap the show with that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Unmistakable Creative Podcast. While you were listening, were there any moments you found fascinating? inspiring, instructive, maybe even heartwarming. Can you think of anyone, a friend or a family member who would appreciate this moment? If so, take a second and share today's episode with that one person, because good ideas and messages are meant to be shared. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch, the skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.